We're on page 14 <coughs> on Sif Beis of the Mimer. Just a little recap of what we just said at the beginning of this new Mimer. The sages say on this, not that he called out in the name of Hashem, the God of the worlds, but rather through making this Eishel, which is a punduk, like an inn, in which he gave people, all passerbys, the ability to eat and drink in the middle of nowhere, desert. Therefore, through that, what did he do? How did he cause people to call, call out the name of Hashem? Not that he called out, but he caused people to call out because Avram would give them to eat. After they finished, they would get up to thank Avram for the food. For the food. He would say to them, did you eat my food? You ate Hashem's food, the God of the world. So therefore, thank or admit and praise and bless to the one who spoke and the world came into being. Which these are all, actually, we're going to see in this shir, these lashoynas here of hoidu, these expressions, hoidu, shabchu, borchu, are all specific to the way, the explanations that Zbedim, the biyudim, that Abraham Avinu gave to the people in order to mefar some of the kus, to publicize and reveal godliness in the world. He caused people, some of the people who caused them to hoidu, to just admit, even though they, they didn't understand it, but they felt the truth in Avram's words, words, and therefore they admitted to the truth, that this is the truth, that Hashem is the master over all of creation, and therefore in everything, and he enlivens the whole world, and he hasn't left creation. He's directly involved in the creation. And some people, shabchu, they praised because they had a, a true intellectual comprehension of godliness, and therefore they were aroused, to, aroused elicited to praise Hashem. And Borhu, and not only that, they even caused, Abraham even caused people to go out and to explain this truth to other people. And that's the Taich Borhu. And then he, to Lamisha Amr Ilam, to the one who spoke and the world came into being. And this is really the Toichen, the content of what Abraham explained to them. The idea that Hashem spoke, the whole world was created through Hashem's speech. And that, therefore, since the world is created, not, nothing from something, sorry, some, uh, something from nothing, Yesh therefore it has to be a constant creation. Not like a, the work of a, uh, a uman, a worker who makes a vessel out of another yesh. He just changed the form of one yesh to another yesh. Doesn't need the constant involvement of the uman to to sustain its existence. Whereas the creation, it's misha amr It's the creation of a new world out of nothing. Therefore, it needs the constant involvement of Hashem, and therefore it's kill ilam, the God of the world, God of God world. It doesn't say kill ha'ilam like it says in diukim and other places in Chassidus. God of the world, which would imply a certain distance that Shem has from the world. Rather, it's God world, kill ilam, which is a kind of weird expression. Usually, would say kill ilam. Kill ilam implies that Shem is totally unified with the world, directly involved with the world. So that's what it means that he implanted this Eshel, He made a in which Eshel is the acronym for Achilah Levoya. That means that basically Avram made a place, an inn, where he gave people food to eat, and he escorted them out of the from the area of his tent. So through this Eishel, he was mafarsim of the kusus baruch ba'ilam. He publicized godliness in the world. So what we understand from this is that the quality, the great quality of Abraham is in two ideas. One is the fact that he publicized godliness into the world. Because in those times, starting from the times of Enosh, people made a mistake to think that Hashem, in his essence, left the worlds to be controlled by the constellations. Because they said Hashem is so high, so sublime, so lofty. It's too much of a, a ashpola. We'd have to lower himself. And it's too lowly for him to be involved directly within this physical world and the happenings of whatever happens in this world. All, all these lowly creations. So Avram came and he explained to them, no, that Hashem is kill ilam, directly involved with the world. Ah, that which you tiny, that Hashem is totally lofty and above, the, above all of this lowly creation. He says, no, the truth is that from Hashem's, the perspective of Hashem's true essence, 
the he's mashpil lidas b'shemayim vod. It's b'shavit. Everything, the higher world, lower world, are all equal to him. It's not a great descent from from for Hashem. It's coming from the realm of infinite to finite. All these worlds are equally have no importance and no chshivas and kula can make Every single level of every of, of creation, the highest world, lowest worlds. So therefore, Hashem is found equally in the high worlds, the lower worlds, and therefore he can be directly involved with creation. That's one mila. As I was, he was in the kus in such a generation which forgot, so to say, which retaina they claimed that Hashem left creation. And the second one is the way that he, he is um, publicized godliness in the world through the Eshel. So he said, I said, what's this mila specifically of the way he been farsim on the kus through the Eshel davke? That's not the main thing. The main thing is just the fact that he been farsim on the kus. What does it matter? The way that he's been farsim in it. And in truth, even in this idea that it's Mepharsim of the Kos, he publicized godliness through this Eshel, this in, the main part here is not the Eshel aspect of it, the Achila, Shseel, Levoya, this in that he made and caused people to bless Hashem through eating and recognizing that the food is created by Hashem. The main part is the fact that he explained it to them in a way where they should be able to appreciate it through different explanations and dugmois, examples and analogies that even their human intellect should appreciate this. He gave, he enabled godliness to be understood through explanations that even regular people, not intellectual people, even regular people should be able to have have somewhat of an understanding of godliness. And those people who didn't, who weren't shy to have this understanding, they should at least feel the truth and admit to this truth that what Avram was talking about, even though they couldn't understand it, because Avram spoke about Hashem with such a love and such a energy, a vitality, that they could recognize from the way he was speaking that this is the truth. Even those who couldn't understand his words, but they admitted to the truth of his word because of they felt his energy and the emes within his words. And what did Avram, what did Avram exactly explain to them? He said, um, praise Hashem is, is Baruch, it said in the Elashen of the Chazal, admit, praise, and and give blessings to Misha to the one who spoke in the world came into being. So he explained to them that Hashem created the worlds and all of the creations. And he created them through the, the statement, through the speech of his mouth. So I didn't bring this out in the last year, but I think the Vart here is also bringing out the fact that all of creation for Hashem is just like an external speech. Of a person, just like speech is just a level within the person, just where how he relates to the outside world. But if he's to himself, he doesn't need speech. So speech also in divinity this indicates a low, contracted, diminished revelation of godliness, which has no importance to Hashem in his very essence. So he's explained to them that the way that Hashem created the world is through speech, meaning that all the worlds which are created through this diminished, contracted level of divinity have no importance whatsoever to Hashem. He's so great and so sublime, lofty, compared to the limited creation, even even to the limited energy, which he extends to himself to create. That's one point here. And he also said that the, the world and the creations that Hashem created, it's not in the way like a like a uh, blacksmith makes a cleat, or a person that's working with a, a wood or a wooden utensil, a wooden piece of block, or a just simple metal sheet he forms out into a cleat, where that cleat does not need the uman to be constantly involved with it to sustain its new shape because here it's just changing the shape of one yesh to another yesh so the etz the the the, the wood or the metal already existed beforehand all the uman is doing the worker is doing is just he's bringing about a different seer in these things the tamunas kli it's not 
And so it's only the, all he's doing is just changing it from one surah to another surah. He's not bringing about a whole new existence because the chaymera aids this object of the wood or the metal. They already existed beforehand and they already had a certain seer to them. But the seer was a goyimi, was a simple, just regular block without any real uh, receptacle format to them. They weren't concave. But basically, all he did was it just brought about that they should have now a nutsir, which is usable now. There should be a concave receptacle within them. So therefore, he didn't bring about a new chiddush in them that would require them to constantly be involved into sustaining this new shape. Whereas in the worlds, Avram explained, is a creation is yeshmi ayin, an existence from out of nothing. That there is no source. Our world wasn't formed from a previous yesh. It came out of nothing, directly from Hashem, just creating it. So therefore, whenever it's a process of yeshmi ayin, like we said in the previous mimer, it has to be constantly involvement of the ayin to bring it into being every moment. And also, this ayin has to be involved in a constant way, but also in a measured way, which means in a oifin halemi, meaning there has to be a concealment of the creator from the creation. Even though, um, and that is, even though that the creator is totally concealed from the creation, to the extent that the creation doesn't have any recognition of the of the godly energy which is enlivening and giving it existence every moment. And that's why we call it ayin, not because it doesn't exist, because because for care, this is the main existence, this level of, of this creative power. It gives rise to existence, so it's the main existence, whereas our existence is totally not a true existence. It's dependent on the godly energy enlivening it. Why do we call it ayin? Because built in Musa, we don't feel it. It's not comprehensible because it's concealed from us in order that we should be able to exist. So even though this godly energy has to be constantly involved and constantly enclosed within the creation, at the same time, it has to be concealed from creation. Because bitwal yesh can happen, the nullification, the reverting of the yesh back to nothingness can happen in two ways. Either the creative energy be, should be removed from it, then it will revert to how it was before the sixth day of creation, or because there'd be too much revelation of this creative energy, and it wouldn't be measured and concealed and condensed, and therefore it would overpower the yesh, and the yesh wouldn't feel its own existence anymore. But you should also know that this... Medida, this concealment of the energy from the yesh is a medida alakis. It's a godly measurement. So don't think that it's something separate that's concealing Hashem from creation, right? It's Hashem himself hiding himself, so to say, from creation. Therefore, from Hashem's perspective, there is no Helim Hester. He's found Lamata, Kamayla, Just from our perspective, we feel as if we have an independent existence because he concealed that feeling of that energy from us. Sif Beis. Now, even more, an additional fact that Avram explained to them and clarified to the people of that time to the passerbys of his of his Eishol that everything that Hashem created within his world is always found within Hashem's domain within the control of Hashem and besides a man who is given free choice to, cho- to choose whatever he wants Meaning everything is controlled by Hashem. Besides man who is given free choice to choose whatever he wants, like it's applied in the verse See that I place before you life and good, death and bad. A person can choose the good and then he'll get life or he can choose bad and then he'll get death. He has free choice. I placed them before you. And then Hashem says, you should choose life, but we have that ability to choose bad also. And only because of Hashem's inherent nature to do good, because He is the the ultimate essence of good. And therefore, it's this essence of good, its nature is to do good, to bestow good. So because of that 
essential good nature of Hashem. He let he gave us the knowledge to people and he implanted within the brains of humans this intellectual idea and this knowledge to understand that life is good and death is bad. Meaning, even though we have free choice, we can still choose bad and choose death or choose good and choose life. We have the ability to choose either one. But Hashem and His great kindness implanted within our brains this natural tendency that we understand that life and good are the right things to choose and bad is bad. Inherently, we understand these things, because, but we still have free choice to choose either one. But still, the, the choice is free to choose whatever we want. But besides this idea of choice, which is given to a person, that we can choose whatever, whatever we want, and therefore we have, so to say, a certain control over our own lives, every single creation and everything that was created in this world, everything is in the control the dominion of Hashem, the domain of Hashem. Meaning to say, an example of this would be the fact that, a per, that Hashem gives to a person a great abundance of blessing, etc. Uh, whatever it be, money or children, health. It's all for a known intent. Meaning Hashem has a reason why He's giving these people these hashpois and everything is in the control, the dominion of Hashem. So besides the fact that we can choose good or bad, even though we do have the tendency to choose good, because we understand that, Hashem implanted within our brain to understand that, everything else is within the dominion of Hashem, the control of Hashem. Whether we get a lot of hashba, of parnasa, etc., or a little parnasa, and why we get this hashba, it's all with Hashem's deep inner reasons, but it's all controlled by Hashem. Only the thing that's not controlled by Hashem is our choice. So he explained, first of all, Abraham explained that idea. Everything in this world, everything that you have in your life is all controlled by Hashem. Except for your choice, which you can control. Therefore, you should connect to Hashem and do what Hashem wants. Because He's in control of everything in your life. He also explained to them, The idea of divine providence, individual providence, the fact that Hashem watches over, conducts, guides every single detail of creation. So he explained the mashkach pratis lahachim azoinai to prepare a person's food or parnasa v'chol adarish leil v'chol echav v'echav mebruav yisbarich and Hashem to prepare the food and the parnasa and everything which is required for every single one of His creations, the creations of Hashem. B'li hevdel ben nivrayim ayeser gedelim asher b'tzvash shemayim without any difference between the most lofty creations, the hosts of the heaven, the stars and the planets k'megagol lacham v'adima like the orb, like the globe of the sun and etc all the other planets or the smallest smallest most insignificant creation in the earth like a worm which is slithering in a desolate desert all of these things the preparation of their food and their sustenance their life is all dependent on Hashem his Ashkacha Pratis his individual divine providence Hashem is the one that's preparing the sustenance the life of every single creation both the highest level creations, meaning even the sun, giving it the ability to continue shining. It's all dependent on Hashem, His Ashkacha, and also even the most insignificant creation in the desolate desert, which nothing, seemingly nothing cares about it. Hashem is preparing its food. So this is an amazing idea. Hashem is directly involved in every individual creation, the highest to the lowest. He also explained another concept explained and clarified that regarding godly ideas 
it's possible to have intellectual comprehension. You can relate to Hashem through intellectual experience and understand godliness. So there are different levels within this intellectual appreciation of godliness. Both, there's different levels, both mitzad on the perspective of the concepts themselves, which lend themselves to asaga. Some of them are a lot higher, more abstract and harder to understand, and some of them are more down to earth. And also, there's different levels in the people, the brains of people, the ability of people to understand these concepts. One person's brain is more refined, therefore be able to understand a lot better. The deeper concepts, one's a lot lower, not as refined, therefore it won't be able to so won't be sensitive enough to understand these deep concepts. There are certain godly concepts which are above being grasped by the human intellect. So like expressed in the verse, can you truly investigate and find Hashem? Which implies that there are certain God levels of divinity which we cannot truly investigate and understand. However much a person will put effort into his intellect to understand these ideas, He'll never be able to truly comprehend them. Being that the general concept, this general godly concept which he's trying to understand is above the realm of human intellect to be able to grasp. It's so abstract and so deep and so spiritual that it's above our ability to comprehend, to grasp. Only when a person will be very diligent in his... Um, in his effort to try to understand these godly concepts with the with a great toil, a great and awesome toil, with many, many years, and he'll do this diligently, and by that he'll refine his brain. The more he uses his brain to understand these abstract concepts and these godly concepts, the more his brain will become more and more refined and more sensitive to these ideas. And his, his seichel, his intellect, will ascend and come to a certain lofty level it could be that when he comes to that level after many years of diligent work that he will have somewhat of a hashada of estimation of a intellectual estimation of this amazing godly concept which is usually totally above and is actually above a human intellect's ability to comprehend if he refines his brain enough and is diligent enough and puts in enough effort he could come to a level where he'll have at least not a actual tefisa in it, and a grasping in it, really understanding it, comprehending it within his in the human brain, but rather he'll have some type of a sh'ada estimation of what this concept is, even though it's above his ability to grasp and truly um, and truly um, absorb. But then there's also other godly concepts which the person has the ability to understand them. Alburium, Alasamic Baham, you can understand it very clearly and, to become, and actually come very, have a deep understanding of them. And not only can I understand it very well, he even has the ability to explain these ideas, to clarify them to another person, which shows that he has a true and deeper understanding in these ideas. Not only can he understand it to himself, sometimes you understand it yourself, you fool yourself because then all of a sudden you come to explain it to somebody else and you can't explain it. And that shows you that you really didn't understand it yourself. So there's certain godly ideas which lend themselves to understanding more and you can truly grasp them clearly and very deeply to the extent which you, you can even explain them to somebody else. So that's the different dargis in the actual musogim, the godly ideas. There's also different levels in the, those who are comprehending or trying to understand these godly ideas. 
in the brains of the people. There are some people that have the ability to comprehend very deep ideas and to intellectualize them, befalpling them to you know get deeper, deeper understanding them. And then there are some people that their intellect is not developed enough, not sensitive enough to understand these ideas very well. And nevertheless, even though they don't have the ability to comprehend it, their brain is not sensitive, is not refined enough to understand these ideas. They were given a brain that's basically doesn't have the ability to understand these ideas. Or their shaitish of their neshama, like it says in other places, is not in such a level where it's more related to seichel, therefore they don't have the ability to connect to these godly concepts in their intellect. Nevertheless, when you, when you explain these concepts to them, even though, even though they don't understand them, but they still admit that this is the truth. When you tell them these concepts, they can still feel the truth within them and admit to that truth. Like we said in the previous page about how the way Avram Avinu explained these with, with, in our, with real chayas and with real emes, he felt, he sensed, the person could sense the truth in them, the way that Avram explained them. Um, Masha Omar Lehem. This is all explained, this is all uh, explained clearly in what Avram said to these passerbys that went to his punduk. They said, Vichim Mishali have you eaten from me? Is it my food? Rather, from the God of the world you have eaten. So you see that clearly that he explained them ideas of godliness. How do we see it in this statement that he explained them ideas of godliness? I mean, first of all, he said that Hashem creates the worlds. The God of the world who created the worlds. And also he said the way that Hashem created the worlds through just a, just a, sta- a statement the utterance and the, the breath of his mouth, like I said earlier, what that implies, the utter insignificance of creation compared to Hashem's essence, and not only creation, but even the divine energy which, which enlivens creation is utterly insignificant compared to Hashem. And not only that, but being that this is creation, is and Hashem is constantly involved with creation, he has to be constantly enlivening it, and therefore has a direct uh, direct providence over all, of, of all the details of creation. To explain this to all the people that came to his tent. Some people were able to understand it, some people weren't. Their seichel wasn't so developed, and therefore they can feel the truth in, in Avram's words, and therefore they admitted to that truth. So now the fact, the way that Hashem relates in his involvement in his world is not like a sar or melech, like an administer or a king, a manigas anshe who conducts the people of his kingdom. Rather, the difference is that Hashem is called the God of the world, the Hasar, what's the difference? Because the minister and the king, in the next page, the king and the minister are only able to give over things which can strengthen a person's life, give, a, give people more life, give them money, give them tax breaks, etc. But the king and the minister cannot give life itself to people. They don't give life or death. They can't take away the person's life or death, and they don't give them their life every moment. But rather, Hashem is literally the God of the world. He literally gives life to all of creations. And also gives them their sustenance in the right time, and in the exact right time. So he's explaining, all, Rabbi is explaining all this to them, that the way that Hashem runs the world is He's called out, Hashem, Hashem, Kilelam. The name of Hashem, the God of the world, which implies that he is directly involved with creation. Not like a king who, even though he can give things which give life, but he can't give life itself. Where Hashem is literally giving life to you every moment. 
and his mashkiach on his, he's basically in control of uh, everything is in his rishus, his dominion. He's in control of all the ashpois except for the choice you make. And this is what implied in Avram saying, Have you eaten from my food? Rather, you've eaten from the God of the world. Meaning, this is the idea that Hashem has prepared for you in His individual divine providence that you've happened upon my tent and had this food. This is all prepared and conducted by Hashem. And, and being this is so that Hashem is the one that's mashkiach and gave you this food because everything is in his rishus the fact that you have food right now is because Hashem decided therefore like it says the continuation of the Gemara therefore you should admit praise and bless to the one who spoke and the world came into being so now what does this the specific Lashen is here imply there were those people, these passerbys, these Oyber Vishav that came to the Pundok, the Inn of Avram, that because of the depth of the idea, the godly ideas which Avram explained to them, like we just explained previously, because of the depth of these ideas and also because of the inability of their minds to comprehend these ideas, they only admitted that what Hashem, what uh, Rav was saying was true. That's what the Diyuk of Lashon over here is. And then there were some other people that were able to understand these concepts that Rav explained to them with a good understanding. They praised Hashem. And how is that mashma in the Lashon Shvach? Somebody who is praising somebody else has to have somewhat of a comprehension in the one who he is praising and lauding. So therefore, the fact that we see that some people, Shabchu, they praised Hashem, that means that they had, they were able to have some somewhat of understanding of the greatness of Hashem through the ideas which Avram explained to them. And then there was even and people on a higher level, the ladies of Vajik, not only were they able to understand and absorb these godly ideas which Avram explained to them very well, they were even able to impart these ideas to other people, to explain it to others. Like, for example, honor Eshkel and Mamre, these three very special people that Avram explained God the ideas to them, and they were able to even impart these ideas to others. Amr Zal and Yuma, and the verse it says, Damesik Eliezer, what does it mean, Damesik Eliezer? This word Damesik. Damesik is like a nitrikun, it has within it the words shadoyla umashke that he 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 um it's like a person that puts a bucket into the well he takes out and he's mashke and he gives to drink from the teachings of his of his rebbe which avramavino to other people and that is another example we see Eliezer, a lozer sorry a lozer who also um was the servant of avram and Eliezer's teacher was Avram. So why was he called Damesic Eliezer? Because, sorry, it's interesting that the difference here, it's, I'm just confusing when it says the Chazal say, Amar Rabbi Lazar, Damesic Eliezer. Eliezer was the servant of Avram. Rabbi Lazar was the one that said this statement. So Damesic Eliezer, because Damesic is Lashon Doila Umashke. He draws out the water, so to say. He draws out from the teachings of his teacher and is Mashke and he gives it to drink and teaches it to others. So that was what some people were at such a level they're able to understand it and not only understand it they were understand it so well that they could explain it to other people like honor eshkel mamre and eliezer 
And that is implied by what it says in the Chazal Dezel, and they praised, they, sorry, they blessed to the one who spoke and the world came into being. They were even able to bless, meaning to explain it to others. Which Baruch Hu could, Yeshlemer, Ula Yeshlemer, the Baruch Hu implies Bracha and Shacha. So they were able to draw it down, meaning they were able to explain these ideas, draw them down, bless them, draw them down to other people to explain it to them. So now, going back to the original question that we had on page uh, 13, um, like we said, when we're asking what's this Maila that he explained the way that he is Mepharsim the Kusas through the Eishel the Etzim Inyan the fact that he is Mepharsim the Kusas is the main idea what does it matter the way that he is Mepharsim in the, in the Eishel and, and in Be'emes he said Be'emes in Egam Bezesh appears in Malidea Eishel in the Eker who mashi idea lehem in Yonia the Kusas Bira Hizbeza become Mashal Mek Dumois Yishkal B'Sichel Nishi Basakotev the main part is not the Eishel the Achil Ashti Alavaya but rather, the main part is the way that Avraham Avinu explained to them, that even their human intellect should understand it. And even people that don't have the ability to understand it should feel it. And some people should even be able to explain it to others. So, so the main idea of this publicizing, revealing godliness in the world that Avraham accomplished is the fact that he explained it and clarified godly ideas in a very able way to comprehend it even in your human intellect. So what does it matter the way in which he was mafarsim alikus? Hainu be'ezah oifin who appears him. In what way he accomplished this publicizing of godliness? Imayadei eishol oifin acher. Whether it was through this eishol, this in, or it was another way. Meaning that, that being that the main idea here, the main point here, was Avram's ability to explain it in a way that the human intellect should appreciate it. That's the main part. What does it matter the Way that it, he was brought about, it happened through this Eishel, through the Achilah Shil of Vayvelochin Hare Ishkama Asharis Beinza, and therefore there's many Asharis, there's many warnings about this idea of understanding godliness in a true way that it should be brought drawn down into human intellect, appreciated even by the human intellect. Like it says, you should know today and take it to heart that Hashem is your God. Achsiv, another verse which implies this idea of having a true understanding of, of divinity of godliness. No, Hashem, your God. Sorry, no, no, no Hashem, your Father. Um, so know the God of your Father. That's not Hashem, your Father, but Hashem is our Father. But know the God, your Father, the God of your fathers, of the forefathers. Another verse which implies that we have to have an idea, a true understanding, appreciation of divinity. Because we have, there has to be a knowledge and a true comprehension of godliness. My move on. But when the Pasuk says, that he implanted this Eishel, this inn in which he fed, drank, and escorted people, the fact that it points that out, it's understood that even the way that he was Mepharsim, that he publicized godliness, is a main point here. Not just the fact that he explained it in a way that people should be able to understand godliness, which is a huge inyan. But no, even the Pasuk seems finds it important enough to point out that it was through the Eishel Tavka. So why is this so important, which is going to be the subject of the next, of the, fo- <coughs> the following in the Mimer. We'll stop there on page 15 at the beginning of Sif Gimel.